Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back with you for another episode of the podcast. This one, not talking about rugby in general. We did that on the last one, so find that in your feed. Right now, we are looking at the Premiership Final of 2006, an old school game. And we're going to dig in, see what we can learn from it, see what our takeaways from it are, see what we thought about it. 14 years on, Sale Sharks v Leicester Tigers. Uh, it is on YouTube, so you can go and watch the video, hit pause now, and then come back if you wish. But uh, JB, how are you doing? Very well, thank you, Tim. You must have loved this. Oh, as I think many neutrals did, actually. It's one of those <laughs> games lot, you know, with a lot to like. <laughs> and hello, Phil. Hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. Uh, as a neutral, I can say I did enjoy this game. Quite enjoyed watching it. Yeah, hmm. and I suppose for for it reminded me of Sale that I remember when I when I first moved to Manchester and I started being the my brother started playing there in two thousand and eight or something like that. So it was it was in the similar era. Yeah. So interesting because normally we're all neutrals about Sale, but I think it's fair to say you weren't a neutral. For sale at this time. No, you? I, I think pro- were- well, no. Af- after this point, I was, I, I was, I didn't really. No, no, no. I moved to Manchester in two thousand and seven. Ah. So I wasn't particularly interested at this point, but uh, when I moved, Sale Sharks were the champions of England. Ah. When I moved it, when I moved here, you were the only one really connected to to the team. You were the yeah. only real. A couple fan. of years after that, though, a couple of years afterwards. Saying, just saying. I, I was playing. I was playing at Manchester Rugby Club at this time. That's a shame. Um, so, yeah, really, really interesting because I, I really like this team, and I did not in any way have any affiliation to sell at all. In fact, I'd taken a few years off rugby, so I really enjoyed watching Leicester Tigers back back in the day. I took a, a little, a little bit, bit of time off, and when I sort of dipped back back into it, Leicester built this phenomenal team. Sorry, Leicester at uh, Sale. And I just liked it because it was kind of put together, I think, a little bit like a, you know, like you build your team in Championship Manager. There were just names and talent everywhere. And it, it was probably unsurprisingly because of who the coach was. It was built like a Toulon team almost. Yeah. It, it was a, a Galacticos type um, setup. But with, I mean, looking back, there was some good um, young English talent in there as well. So you had. Some of the, some of the international talent and then some of the English boys 
um, who yep. came through and have been superb servants for Just both on, on the YouTube, elsewhere. On the YouTube channel, uh, on the YouTube video, which people might watch, did you not find it strange that there was 40 minutes of like... <laughs> Man- uh, Manchester TV channel uh, interviewing Philippe Saint-André in, in the little bowels of Edgeley Park and the semi-final before we actually got to the final. What was that? Because I just skipped yeah. through it. Rugby. So I, I did think that was a bit weird. Um, I watched a little bit of that and then skipped to the game. And then I watched um, five minutes of the semi-final thinking it was the final. <laughs> so the, the um, I was like, hang on a minute. Why is this being played at Edgeley Park? Um, yeah. Who do they beat in the semi? Wasps. Did they have that? Yeah, <laughs> it was good. But you're right in what you say. So the, the Sale team, it was, a, it was a, gr- a brilliant era for Sale. And I'm sure most Sale fans can just rattle off the team. But uh, like Ben Foden, like you say, before he was an international player, when he was just a youngster breaking through. Even uh, but then you had as a, as a Wigg- Wigglesworth as a youngster, but then you had Hod- Jason Hodgson Robbins. Hodgson was 25. Exactly. Who? Well. Then, then you had... Hodgson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Charlie Hodgson was, was, was just breaking through into the England squad at the time. Um, you, but then you had Jason Robinson, one of the greatest players in the Premiership ever you yeah. had. And then you had these in, this cast of international stars. And I loved... I, what Sebastian Chabal is one of my favorite rugby players ever, not because he was one of the best rugby players ever, because he was in so many ways he was useless, but in so yeah. many ways he was incredible. And this is exactly what I love about the players that I love. I love I love them to be deeply flawed. <laughs> like to be Andy Powell, Carlos Spencer, Pierre Spice, um, and Chabal fits this model wonderfully. He could have the best game on the planet that the planet's ever seen frankly or he could be awful and you don't know which one's going to show up <laughs> and his head would go down that's the amazing thing like such a specimen such an incredible talent and athlete and he just his head would just go down and he'd be ineffective is there, I, I was trying to think when I was watching it is that who is like Shabal now I can't really think of there's not Pick- many Shabals because we've kind of depowered not, not that I'm, I'm not complaining about this because I understand the welfare thing but because the sort of the hit and that confrontational thing has become less emphasised I don't know that there is a sort of Shabal type figure in world rugby I think Pickamoles is the closest thing maybe but yeah, even running even Pickamoles is like a diluted like it certainly doesn't have that that attitude that, that Shabal had um, and that those swings that Chabal had. Yeah, that's um, wh- true. Wh- when was the last time it, you Premiership Rugby 23 had four French players in it? Leicester Tigers had two. Um, Gloucester, Gloucester had a couple, yeah. Azam and Mercier, but I can't think of any more. You can. I reckon you'd go Azam, Mercier, Merceron, and uh, what's his name? Come back to me, Yannick. No, Yannick Brew. Yeah, Yannick. I think did Yannick Brew go there. No, not him. Scrum half. Uh, Yash, Yashvili. Yashvili was there. So Yashvili was there with with, um, with Mercer on, and I think that Azam would, would have been there as well. And they also had Christian Arno for a little while as well. They did. Uh, Santandre was there for a bit. Yeah. But different, different times. The Wasps have had a few French players over the years as well. Ibanez and um, Betson. Uh, oh, yeah. 
probably a few more. They, those two must have played together, I would have thought. Um, you're right, four oh, is rare. I know. I've, I've, I think I've got one. Um, it would be... Um, oh, is that, no. I've, ah, I've forgotten his name. This is so annoying. What, the, what was the French captain called? Um, uh, which one? The, the, the big second row. Pelouse, Fabien Pelouse. The one that played for Saracens. Oh, Benazi. Yeah, Abdelbat Benazi, Caleb Benazi. You would have had Castaned in there. Castaned, yeah. And I'm sure there'd, there'd be another one. Again, Ca- Califano played for Saracens and for Gloucester, so he could have gone both ways. And there'd be another one I'm thinking of as well who will come to me later. There you go. So the oh. answer, answer is we don't know. Ibanez went from Saracens to Wasps. Well, uh, the yeah. the other way you can link those three teams in those three eras is the only time you have multiple French players in a team is when a club is really spending big. Yeah, yeah, that is very. <laughs> and I think the one thing the Premiership lacks is French players. I would love to see it mandatory to have one French player per team. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you could, if you could draft a French player to to. Let's say for argument's sake, let's just pick a club at random. If you could just draft a player to sell sharks, JB, who would you who oh, would you pick? So many to choose from. I mean, even their third choice scrum half is just amazing. Um if you had to just pick one. come back to me. Come back to me. it's I'm spoiled. Um Uje. Oh yeah, I would actually. I was gonna But yeah, Uje's fine. You could so many. Uge, you could you could legitimately create a team of like the most hated players in the world and get Uge in there, get Mike Brown in there, get Falau in there. Ashton, um, Ash on, 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 uh, not the most hated, but the most annoying. Ashton on one, one wing, Uge, Marshall. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah. Falau. Definitely Falau. <laughs> um, um, but, but this was this was Leicester. This was a changing of the guard, wasn't it? This was a sort of watermark moment for Leicester, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite a sad Leicester performance, I felt. Yeah. It, it was, I think sad is the right way to, to, to describe it. Just the, the way that they kind of fizzled out with, I mean, barely firing a shot. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, some of the performances from Leicester were so poor. Uh, Tom Vondell did not look like a professional rugby player. He, he looked fast enough to be a professional rugby player. Yeah, and this is the tyranny of being talented. I've said it before about Pierre Spice. Uh, you know, when you're that talented, do you really need to work on being good at rugby? Probably not. And uh, it showed uh, throwing balls into uh, balls into touch, running into touch himself. Um, what really kind of had that change in the guard feel for me? And tell me if you agree with this. Watch the Stad versus Leicester game and look at the fizz that Austin Healy brings. And he didn't even start. And when he did start, he's just not the same player that he was. Yeah, he was about 33 or 34 in this yeah, game. Of him in his career. But you know, when that dynamo goes, that, you know, and he, he brought so much to it, they didn't really, I didn't really find a way to replace him. I thought Andy Good played, played well, mind. Did you? Yeah. In- oh. I, I mean, the, the comparison. So the, um, Hodgson and Good. Um, 25, 26 at that time, both um, prime of their lives or young up and coming, both looking for England shirts. I thought Hodgson was brilliant in this game. Oh, Hodgson was I, definitely better. 
I thought good. He kick sticks well. I mean, the 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 guys outside him, the the backs outside him, he didn't bring into the game at all. I mean, it's the talented backs who you just didn't see. The most notable thing from the backs that 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 all those talented backs, Daryl Gibson, Ollie Smith, Varndell, Tuolagi, Jordan Murphy. The most notable thing that they did in 80 minutes was Varndell's pass into touch. <laughs> that that, that was, I, they did nothing. I, I, I also think that there was a little period of time there where they didn't really know how to play the game. So, Pat Howard offered a second playmaker. Um, I can't want to say K, Rod Kafer. It wasn't Rod Kafer that came after Pat Howard. It was somebody else. I can't remember. So, they always spent big on that inside centre position. And they end up with Daryl Gibson, who I think, did he come from Bristol? Was that his move? Yes, he was Bristol before that. Yeah, so he... Crusaders and New Zealand and then UK, right. Bristol, Leicester, and then Glasgow, looking at his uh, profile. And I think that they put a load of um, em- emphasis on him doing good stuff. And he, he never really came uh, came good for Tigers. Same for um, Julian White, was at Bristol, able to oh, offer normal scrimmage of this, that, and the other. And he, he was. He gets dismantled here. Yeah, the that Leicester scrum got destroyed and absolutely taken apart. But I, that often seems to be the entire story of Julian White's career. Comes in with a ferocious reputation and then doesn't do that much during the game. Yeah, um, Hodgson, I mentioned him before. Hodgson was magnificent. He was. He, he was superb. And the, co- the context of this game is uh, England... Uh, Charlie Hodgson, I think, had been given the fly half spot in the Six Nations just prior and was not good at all. And I think his confidence was massively dented. I wonder if you... Are you referring to the France game? Well, I, I, just, I, just, I just read up a little bit around sales season and, and, then looked, and then clicked through a few links and looked at Charlie Hodgson. I don't know the specifics about the games, but the 2006 Six Nations... Charlie Hodgson did, didn't cover himself in glory and came in for a lot of criticism, apparently. So, mm. Charlie Hodgson's first ever game for England, I think, must have been... I'm going to go out on a limb and say 2002. Uh, 2001. First it, was game against, it was against France, and he played 12. Um, okay. <laughs> and, and England, yeah, it was because they hadn't won the World Cup and they were on this... Um, and they're on this campaign, uh, just looking awesome. Everything Clive Woodward did turned to gold. And he thought, I'm going to put a second playmaker in at 12 and put Charlie Hodgson in at 12. And it was not good. Fell so it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't until after that World Cup that he started playing for England again. And I think that's when he might have had his game. No, that would be before the World Cup. He played against uh, Romania, I want to say. And in classic Charlie Hodgson style, kicked every everything available to him except for the last kick, which would have made him the which made him England's record point scorer for one game. <laughs> well, I think you meant you referenced the World Cup there, and I think that would be the the um, that would be the thing which I would mention, which was this was kind of the the last throws of the World Cup legacy of Leicester Tigers, who had seven players in the in the 23 for that, or 22 or whatever it was at the time, the 2003 World Cup final. Yeah, because there's no... <laughs> yeah, no, John, no, no Johnson here. Well, all that was left was Martin Corry, Lewis Moody, Moody yeah. Ben Kay, Graham Roundtree wasn't in the World Cup squad. No, no, no. 
He might have been in the squad. He wasn't in the, the, the 22 for the final, I don't think. But you really had those three left. Julian White, was he a World Cup? Nope. Nope. No, no he wasn't. So you had those three players left. And I think that was kind of symbolic of the kind of... They were all coming towards the, coming towards the end. They, were, they weren't the forces that they were. And, yeah... Also, the style of game that they were playing, they were, they, were very, they were very uncertain. In fact, in some ways, I think the way that Sale went about winning this was been more Leicesterish than Leicester. They were very, 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 very abrasive with their running. And they just beat them up. I mean, that's what really happened. They beat them up and they kicked their penalties when they, um, uh, when they came into being. Yeah, and, and early on, so the weather was horrendous watching the game. Early on, Hodgson... Um, kicked to the corner off good attacking front foot ball, um, even though Leicester had the much taller back three, like considerably taller back three, because he was pinning balls onto Vandell and uh, Tuolagi. Uh, <laughs> and the first try, I think it was, was it the first try, was um, Murphy uh, failed to take one of those cross kicks. Well, the first two tries were kind of similar. Weren't they? One was Moody, one was Lund. Uh, Have I got that wrong? No, Quato, Quato was the Quato, first Quato then Lund. The cross, it was a cross kick from Hodgson to um, uh, Murphy could, should have taken it, but didn't. And um, Quato then scoops up and drops over. Here's something which I think you'll appreciate. So in the modern game, it's quite hard to pick a back row because what you've got to do is you've just got to pick the three best players. And usually the three best players can do basically all, all the roles. Look at Tom Curry playing eight. You know, seven, now plays eight. Yeah, fine. Okay. So actually, in a way, picking a back row today is quite hard. This sale back row is about as old school and as yeah. special as Yeah. The classic, when you, if you would have a, like a dictionary definition of a classic number six, it is Jason White. Yeah. yeah. Abrasive, ma- Big engine, tackles everything in sight. Highlights were a thing. Yeah, exactly. And then Magnus Lund, the classic link player, quick, quick jackling seven, and then your ball carrying eight in Sebastian Chabal. Yeah. So, like, watching Magnus Lund is literally how 50 year old ex professionals would describe how a number seven should play. Um, <laughs> As a compliment, would you believe it? He is everywhere. And he does those weird things like, so as soon as a player turns around with the ball, he is there and he's, and, and he's latching on. He's diving on the floor everywhere. He was absolutely brilliant. He, he was superb. He was awesome. And is he, I mean, is he a talent that, what happened with Magnus Lund? Well, the money ran out of jail and he went over to... Um, Spirits. It's, so a really nice story was um, Dean Schofield was lining up for, um, for Toulon and they're, and they're in the tunnel. Dean Schofield turns around to Magnus Lund and said, hey, would you imagine that, we, that, that, we, that, that we'd both be captaining in the top, top 14 uh, uh, when, when we were playing for sale? Because they both made it to captain Toulon and Pierritz respectively. Huh. But he was, he was that good that he was... And, and this was at a time when England had some pretty special um, seven options. Lewis Moody was, was against him being but one. Wasn't Lewis Moody that made him move? Can you remember the name? Tom Reese. Tom Reese. So if you remember, Wasps played um, Sale the season after, and Delali 
if there's his post-match interview. And Delaney says, well, people say that there's two sevens in England. I think it's quite clear that there's only one seven in England. Tom Reese. Reese. Reese is someone who should have had more game time for England. And injury, injury um, driven. Yeah, tragic. But yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really taking you on a, mem- a, 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 a tour around memory lane. Of it. <laughs> it's cool. You mentioned that it was, um, you talked about Frenchmen. Mm. How many Spaniards have played in, the, in Premiership Rugby? Well, what about Spanish-speaking people? Because uh, they had... Um, and his lobby. And maybe, maybe you could argue that the best player to ever play for Sale wasn't even on the field that day, which was Fernandez, Fernandez Lobby's brother, who arrived the season, season afterwards. Juan Martin. Mm. Yeah, who I actually do think is the best player ever to pull on the Sale jersey. Which is, is he the one with the socks around his ankles? That's what he wants, mate. Sometimes Disney wears <laughs> Yeah, that's him, isn't it? <laughs> he, he's the back row. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. He's genuinely amazing. Yeah. And I know he was amazing at Sale. He was amazing at Toulon for years. He was amazing on the international scene for years. I, yeah. I, I, now I think about it, unless you two can um, correct me, I think he's the best ever player to play for Sale. Uh, he, he's magnificent. He's an absolute Rolls Royce. And when you, when you mentioned before of um, the players these days who, back row players who can do all of the jobs. He's a back row player who could do all of the jobs and could probably do a pretty handy job in the centres as well. I I think the best player to play for Sale was on the field and was captain. No, Dean Scuffer was the captain. Jason Jason Robinson. Robinson. Uh, No, because you could lose... I think Jason Robinson would score tries for anyone. But I don't think he'd have as much of an impact on the over, on the overall game as a back rower, and that's oh. it. J- Jason Robinson is, yeah, he was ridiculous when he, he is- when, when he came when he started when, in the Premiership in the early two thousands. He was outrageous. He was outrageous. He's just uh, so much faster than everyone else, and his change of direction. He had his debut against London Irish in a midweek game. Um, in fact, it might have been a midweek A League game because it was covered on the rugby club, and the only adv- uh, and the pr- post match um, interview was with the Irish coaching team, who said one thing, which is we told them not to kick to Jason Robinson. <laughs> and, and this is what I found. This is what's amazing about him is by 2006, as this was. But I mean, you would have after a couple of weeks of watching Jason Robinson play, you would have had a team meeting and gone right. <laughs> We need to send three people at him if he gets the ball, but let's try not to give him the ball. Despite the fact everyone knew what he could do and would try and mitigate for it and avoid it, he still managed to do it. Yeah. 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 Remarkable, actually, thinking about all the things that Sale went through, that he did stay at Sale his entire career. He had a small stint at Bath, but outside of that, he was, he was Sale through and through. <laughs> and the, the Bath was before. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was so like that a loan was was, thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Part, of, was, the, part of the Wigan v. Bath. Wigan. Oh, we, I'd love to... Is there a Wigan v. Bath games? Are they on YouTube? Oh, that's a good question. Great shout. Yeah. I'll have a look at that for a future one. I, I'd watch that. Maybe after the All Blacks, if we can get hold of it. Hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, the last couple of things that I'll um, say, say about this is it's awesome that we've covered one guy twice which would be Christian Day, 
winning two premiership titles on our um, on our humble podcast. Mm. Uh, it's also amazing to watch a young Wigglesworth play because he plays with such zip. And yeah. it's so interesting to see how his game has developed. Because no one thinks about him as a zippy uh, scrum half from the base, but that's exactly what he was. He, he was live wire in this game. Um, he, he was brilliant, and he stood out so much more than Harry Ellis in this game. I know Harry Ellis was a, was a great player. Um, I really, really like Harry Ellis for, for Leicester and England. But in this game, if you just watch this in total isolation, you said, who is the start in England um, nine? You'd say Wigglesworth com- yeah. comfortably. Yeah. Um, with, with Ben Foden backing him up, coming off the bench for five minutes at scrum <laughs> half. And do you know what? The thing about Ben Foden is, like, the reason he couldn't be a scrum half, in my opinion, is I just can't take him seriously. So he's at the, <laughs> he's at the back of the rocks and he's barking the orders. And I'm just like, that he doesn't have what, whatever the thing is which makes you hit a ruck, which Wigglesworth does or Harry Ellis does or all the great scrum halves. You know, like the way that the tiny little Peter Stringer is demanding that you hit rucks. There's just something about Ben Foden, which I, I don't think I could respond to in the same way I could <laughs> Not the same authority. Can yeah, I, can I, this is missing somehow. Can I just do a slight tangent away from this? Because you've just mentioned the Clash of the Codes. Um, I've just found... Have a listen to this for the back line of Wigan Warriors for the Rugby League Clash of the Codes game against Bath, Rugby Union Ooh, side. Can, can we try and name some of them? Yeah, try and name them. So, Radlinski. Chris Radlinski was fullback. Robinson. Um, Robinson, yes, was one of the wingers. Uh, Connolly. Gary Connolly was one of the centres. Oh, Sean Long. Uh, not Sean Long. Sean Edwards. Sean Edwards was uh, dummy half. Oh. Oh, um, Martin, Ma- Martin O'Fire, yeah. Martin O'Fire was the other winger, yeah. Uh, have, we, have we got them all? Uh, you're missing uh, oh. another r- rugby union convert. Um, Andy uh, Farrell? No. He would have been playing 13. At halfback. Well, well, he, he might be in the forwards, but I've I only got the back yeah. line here. Robbie Paul? Uh, Henry Paul, close. Henry Paul. Oh. Nice. And I think and we got another... Uh, yeah, we've got another rugby union convert in the centre. So let me get the team. So it was Sean Edwards, Henry Paul, um, Martin... Af- Martin... Af- uh, sorry, Gary Connolly with Vaiga Twigamala Twing- Twing- ah, in the yes. Yeah, Martin Afire, Jason Robinson, Chris Radlinski. That is like a, an all-time great backline. What a team that was as well. And what? Andy Farrell was uh, Andy Farrell was in the forwards. Yeah. What was the score? Because I can't imagine Bath did that well. Wasn't it like forty points uh, to Bath when they played Union, and forty points to um, forty-one points to Wigan when they played League, something like that. Yeah, no. but, but Bath, but Bath let them off. They didn't bother pushing in the scrum. They kept it like uncontested scrums. Okay. Interesting. But the the, the Bath back line was uh, sorry. I know we're going off point. Well, I'll just do it. John Callard at nine, Mike Cat at ten, Adadeo Adebayo, Fraser Waters and Phil de Glanville, John Fraser. Slight, John Slight at home and Audley Lumsden. Fraser Waters. Yeah, it's not it's not started. I was about to uh, say how much I liked Fraser Waters um, as a player. Then, but then I imagine, then I remember them comparing them to Morrison O'Fire and Inga Twigamalo and Sean Edward and yeah. Jason Robinson <laughs> and Andy Farrell. Oh. Anyway, sorry, took us off on tangent. I'll, I'll look for the uh, the Clash of the Codes yeah. videos. That'd be great to watch. And I think it's it's also worth pointing out, isn't it? 
Um, if you're one of those sort of union fans that says, oh, league's rubbish, don't like league, just look how much that Wigan team alone has contributed to the game of union. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two of the all-time great coaches as well, or certainly um, two great coaches in Edwards and, and Farrell. Um, what do you think this, word, this win meant for Sale? And conversely, the loss for Leicester? Um, to dealing with Leicester, so Leicester, they um, had lost the previous two years. So they lost three seasons on the bounce before winning it back the following season um, with a bit of a changed team. Um, so for Leicester, it is a disappointing blip in the middle of their successful years. I think this would be looked at for sale. It's really interesting because this was, I mean, it was talked about in comms on that day as being like a huge special, like massive special event, putting rugby on the map in Manchester kind of thing. But then it just didn't. didn't. Yeah. It didn't. They never, they never continued and built on that success in the way that other good clubs have done, the way that Leicester did, the way that Wasps in the mid-2000s did, the way that Saracens and, and Exeter have done over the last 10 years. In my it highlights the difference between a great institution and a great team. The, the sales team was a great team, but Leicester are a great institution. If they'd have won it, fine. If they hadn't won it, they'd, you know, they'll be back. They'll, by the way, back, bottom of the table, they will, still, they will still be back because that's what institutions do. And in some ways, I kind of wish that Sale had gone and got to two or three finals rather than winning one because then they don't hang on that final continually. I think a lot... I think after that, for a long, long time afterwards, they were like, yeah, we were content because we won it. And, you know, now we're done. Well, in the immediate, in the immediate aftermath, I don't think that's kind of where Sale were at. So Brian Kennedy was the owner at the time and he was basically talking about a new stadium. Yep. Or, no, no, an ex, or, or an expanded. He was talking about doing up Edgley Park so it became a modern stadium. And he was, he was talking about, this is just the start. We're, we're going to form a dynasty and and all of the rest of it, which didn't materialise. But I think that's, that's what happens to you. If, if you go and get a coach like Philippe Saint-André, yeah, he'll, he could win you a league, but don't, don't plan on anything long-term. Yeah, not, well, yeah. not going to happen. You're exactly right. They bought in their talent. And the shame of it is they had enough talent coming through to, to, to sustain something. But when, when the interest ran out and the money was withdrawn, you know, it all left. Chris, Christian Day left. Uh, even, even lads like um, Mayer left. Chris Mayer, yeah. Yeah. I see him at sale occasion. I'm sure it's him. He looks younger now than he, than he did then. <laughs> um, of, of those two teams, there's only Wigglesworth who's still playing properly, isn't there? I mean, Ben Foden's playing in New York. Yeah. Um, well, other than that, I don't think anyone is still playing. Oh, playing for Sale FC. Who is sorry? Mayor is playing for Sale FC. Sale FC. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll put that. I'll put that in the the Ben Foden playing. <laughs> it's very generous of you. So, <laughs> um, Tom Tom Vandell. Uh, where's he playing now? He's at Leeds Carnegie. Ah, oh, yeah. course. Put that, put, put that in the Foden category. Yeah. Uh, I think the front row, all the packs were pretty old, weren't they? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh no, no, I've got one. Dean Schofield plays for Stockport. 
<laughs> okay, in the Foden category. <laughs> Above the Foden category. But, but it, it is interesting. I, I, you know, I want, so I, I only know this sale side kind of secondhand a couple of years after they'd won the league. My, my, and all, all I know from, from the experiences I know secondhand hearing about sale is there was a lot of big names who did not want to mix with any small names and there were yeah. huge cliques. There were, and this is a couple of years after they won the league. So there, there might be an element what you're talking about, JB, that, that what kind of happened is there wasn't any one because Philippe Santandre then Kingsley Jones was one of the coaches who then took over. There wasn't anyone to kind of keep, keep people and, together and keep a, keep a, keep it moving forward. They had the talent. I mean, the talent carried on coming through. Neil Briggs was let go. Carl Ferns was let go. Ben Foden was let go. Christian Day was let go. Uh, Wigglesworth went. You know, the, Foden the t- went. Big Luth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, loads of them. So they could have sustained it. Uh, there was there was talk of overpaying, you know, for um, certain players who stayed there, and that's why the salary cap was all out of whack. But ultimately, it was out of whack because the owner lost in. Um, lost interest and I think when you look at the political games around rugby and how hot that's the thing it might be easy to win a title but it's very hard to sustain it yeah yes. to win titles exactly yeah. and it's, it's only with the benefit of 14 years hindsight Sale thought they were going to be doing what Leicester had done previously but it both puts into perspective where Leicester are now but also what Leicester achieved prior to 2006 just how amazing that was yeah, uh, you can even I tell you, you can look at an, uh, another team who have not quite suffered the same way, but they've suffered, which is Northampton. They won one. You can win one. Try and get back there. E- even, even Exeter, Quinns. Quinns are the same. Yeah. Yeah, Ex- Exeter will be, a, that, that is a true test of Baxter and his team, is can they back it up? Yeah. Do we, do we mention Saracens in this, or do we just pretend Saracens never happened after? Uh... <laughs> in, in it's not worth the hassle yeah okay let's just ignore Saracens let's ignore Saracens um, one last thing from me so three players from this game got into Sky Sports Premier Rugby Dream Team in 2005-2006 <laughs> who were they? okay the uh, Dream Team is the entire league Dream Team is the entire league yeah. Okay, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at the teams on paper now, and I'm guessing one of them would have been because I remember he had an amazing season, Chris Jones. No, really. Oh, that's it. That you 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 deserve a no for being so left field and hipster. There. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say Robinson. Easy, an easy one. No, Matt oh. Matt, Matt Burke was the fullback. Who was at Newcastle? Alessandro Tuolangi. No. No to a laggy. Uh, well, okay. Definitely Hodgson. No Hodgson. The, the 10 was Carlos Spencer for Northampton. be good at Thompson. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is, this is um, Dowie Morris and Stuart Barnes picking this team, JB. You know it's class. <laughs> Dowie Morris is, is twice as big a sale fan as Tim reports that I am. <laughs> well, D- Jason White would have been one. Nope. Boston Chabal. Nope. It's so so that one of the one of them is legitimate based on this game. The other two based on this game. Magnus Lund. The ridiculous. Magnus Lund is correct. He's he's the only sale player 
Therefore, the other two are Leicester players. Uh, Lewis Deacon. <laughs> Daryl Gibson. <laughs> no, no. It was, um, understandably, because he was top try scorer in the league, it was... Varndell. Varndell. And the what? other one, uh, superb player, didn't have his best game in this, but Ben K. Yeah, I can see that. I thought Ben K did actually have a quite good game. One hit in particular. Oh, my favourite hit was on Vesti, though. Oh, yes. <laughs> because the best about that is we've all been there in amateur rugby when the, when the nine has no idea where he's going to pass it. And yeah. then just ball, a slow, flat ball into the chest of who was it? Oh, yeah. The, the oncoming centre who's static gets absolutely smashed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, do you know what was um, unique at this point about Sales win? They were the first team to win and... Top the table. Top, top Correct. The Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So true champions. The first true <laughs> <laughs> How many times has that been done? Because that's been a that's was something that's been replicated quite a lot. There was Bath finished top and lost to Saracens. Yep. Exeter South- fin- Exeter finished top and lost to Saracens. Saracens finished uh, uh Wasps finished top and lost to Exeter. Oh good, good. The answer is a lot. An awful lot. Quins, I don't know about them. I don't know about Northampton. Northampton and Quinns, yeah. Northampton. He definitely didn't. Mm. So it might be a might be a rare might be a rarity that this one. Yeah. It's also a rarity for a final played in the rain. Yes. End of May. Mm. Um I just had a thought of a classic game that we should watch, which people do not think are well, it's a classic in my it's not a classic, but it's it's gonna be six <laughs> three. No, no, far better than that. You mentioned Vondell, the unique talent, the, uh, the unique things that Tom Vondell brings to a game on occasions. And maybe one of the most Vondelli type games, I'm sure he went on this tour as well, was the Tour to Australia, which was the tour from hell, involving Pete Richards at Scrum Hoff, Vondell on the wing, like all of the, all of the B-listers after the World Cup. and so they 2008. Get- uh, yeah, and they get absolutely spanked. Was it South Africa? Or was it Australia? I think it's Australia. But the amount of was it was it well, not is this the tour? No, this isn't the tour from hell. Yeah, it is the tour from hell. Is that that's New Zealand, isn't it? 
No, I'm sure it's Australia. Sure. Oh, no, no. Tour from hell. South Africa. No, I seem to remember. I can't um, remember now. Uh, what's his name? He played for Leicester. He played on the wing. 14, convert league. Dreadlocks everywhere. Amazing. Oh, uh, Vinacolo. Vinacolo. Gloucester. No. no. Brilliant. Played for oh, Leicester. Um, Lottie Takiri. Lottie Takiri. Lottie Takiri, I'm sure, runs over Vondel like he's not there. It is seared in my memory. Now, that might not be that. No, it is that. It is that. The, t- the tour from hell is 98 to South Africa, the one that's dubbed the tour from hell. But that, I, I don't think that's the one you're no, it's definitely referring not. to. It's, it's people like Dan Hipkiss. Oh, here we go. Australia 76, England nil. <laughs> <laughs> when was that? Please, can we watch that game? This was 1998, 6th of June, 98. 98? So England's, England's under Clive Woodward before the 99 World Cup. England suffered their heaviest defeat but that, in Test match history. But that can't include Tom Vardell in 1998. Oh. You, you would have well, been the, about 13. I mean, there may have been another summer tour where Vardell was spanked, but this particular 98, 76-0 um, team, the, full, the, the England team was Tim Stimson... Spencer Brown, Matt Perry at centre, Steve Ravenscroft, (laughs) Austin Healy on the wing. Um, It was Johnny Wilkinson at fly half, Scott Benton at scrum half. Oh my word, these names. (laughs) Uh, Graham Roundtree, Richard Cockrell, Phil Vickery. So this is five years prior to a World Cup, that World Cup win. Danny Grucock at second row with Gareth Archer. That is a meaty second row pair in that. <laughs> ben Sternham at six. Richard Paul Jones at seven. And Tony Diprose at eight. 76 nil. That team shouldn't have lost 76 nil. Well, I don't know. The back <laughs> sound like they should have lost 76 nil. The second row sound like they should have won 76 nil. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I suppose we are mentioning those names and thinking about, oh, that's Phil Vickery, a World Cup winner, but this was five years prior. Yeah. He must have been young then because he was still playing in 2009 yeah. in the, the Lions. Yeah, it's got Benton. Peter Richards was a scrum half. Have I made that up? No, it is a different tour you're talking about. But yeah, no, I remember the one you're talking about. They must... got hammered. Yeah, it must be. Uh, I'll have to find it. It, it, it. It's great because they do get hammered. As well, like badly, badly hammered. It sinks a lot of international careers, including Richards, until he is the understudy for. I mean, I can't believe he was a England scrum half, but he was. Uh, he's a World Cup winning England scrum half, wasn't he? Or was it the 2007 World Cup? He went as a, on the bench. Went on the bench. Got yeah. the starts. So, mm. there we, go. Um, we should definitely we, do, we should definitely do a tour from hell because they do something hilarious. It would be quite fun to do that. <laughs> that would be fun to do a tour from hell. Oh, Australia 43, England 18, June 2006. So this was yep. straight, uh, straight after this final. Like, read the team. So, See, I'm looking at one from 2008, which was to New Zealand, in which Varndell did play. Did Varndell play in that one, Tim? Yeah, it, the, the England team was uh, Bolshaw, Varndell, Noon, Cat, Tate, Good, Richards... Forwards are Roundtree, Shooter, White, Jones, K, Worsley, Lipman, Sanderson. Yeah, legitimately bad. I mean, they, they, I mean, they had it coming. And did Lossie Zakari play? Uh, yes. Yes, that yeah. is the game. 
That's it. 43-18, June 2006. And at the time, England slumped to their fifth consecutive defeat. I remember, do you remember the post-World Cup era when uh, Martin Corrie was desperately trying to cajole an awful England team and they were getting, I think they didn't win in ages and they lost to Argentina at Twickenham? Horrendous period that was. I remember that. I feel like I would do as well. I feel like I'd have enjoyed that too. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure you would. Uh, good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed looking back at this game as well. What, what sort of on a big picture? What did you sort of take away from the difference 14 years to now in terms of the game? It, it wasn't that much different. No. Not all right. Um, there's some dodgy handling. I'll, I'll put it down to the rain and and like I said before, Leicester team didn't get their backs firing at yeah. all. I felt Sale looked like a modern rugby team. Sale played a very smart game plan and executed it really, really well. Um, Hodgson in particular. Hodgson and uh, Wigglesworth were superb. Absolutely brilliant. Um, interesting to see. I think we have made this point before, but the at this period in time, the difference between those people who took strength and conditioning seriously and <laughs> those people who did not take strength and conditioning seriously... What there's massive, massive discrepancy between some of them. I mean, some of the guys out there are absolutely stacked in really, really good nick, really good condition. And, and then others, there's, and there's a few others. <laughs> yeah, and then there's some others, and then there's yeah. some others. Right. So we are going to be uh, focusing our attention on the All or Nothing New Zealand documentary, and that that will be fun to hear our thoughts on that next week. Just on that um, Australia-England game, which I'm, I'm bang up for doing that another time if we can find a video, because another reason, the referee is Steve Walsh. Yes. <laughs> well, it was, it was his first stint when he wasn't a New Zealander. He's, he's down as, in brackets, New Zealand. Yeah, so he was New Zealand originally, wasn't he? And ah, then, then, he yeah. then he converted to an Australian yeah. uh, referee. What was his then, tattoo again? Um, Who, he was game yes <laughs> love it right so we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can dig that one out but uh, next week it'll be new zealand of course we have got another podcast in the feed already if you haven't heard it make sure you hit subscribe uh, he's at jb more on twitter and you, you're getting a bit more stuck into twitter at the minute jb i notice yeah really getting into it now yeah <laughs> getting I'm, in, the, in the cesspit i'm stepping right back but i am at cocker nonetheless and phil well he'll let you know if he wants to be found he is lurking as ever Uh, Thank you for listening. Hit subscribe and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Sweet. Right, I'll get all that knocked up and um, nice one. Sorry about the mix-up or the technological thing earlier, but that was all good in the end. Yeah, all good. Cool, I'm off. See you later. Nice one, guys. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.